You are listening to the Lucha Central Podcast Network. And now, Lucha Central Weekly. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. This is Miranda Morales. I'm being joined by Dusty Murphy and Brendan Barr, and we have a very special interview uh, for all of you today. Uh, we are very excited to have this person on the show. Uh, please welcome a woman has, who has been featured all over, including the United Wrestling Network, Lucha Libre Volcanica, PCW Ultra, AAA, AEW Dark, and even a part of Mass Republic's Expo Lucha. She is not only a wrestler, but also an entrepreneur, an advocate, a model, and just a professional badass. Please welcome to the show, Viva Van. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for joining us, Viva. Uh, as I mentioned, we are super thrilled to have you on the show. Um, it's, you know, a, a career that I know we've been following um, just because our show is really focused on independent wrestling and talent. And you truly have been all over. Uh, just the short list that I provided doesn't even really do justice on your whole background. Um, so we're definitely wanting to get into a deep dive more into your wrestling background. But, I, you know, I've I wanted to ask, you know, what was the inspiration of pursuing professional wrestling because of the diversity of your background, your education, all of the things that you've done? What made you want to go into professional wrestling? Well, I've been a huge fan of wrestling since I was a kid, and it was a secret dream of mine for a very, very long time. And I was ashamed to tell people about it. And, you know, I wasn't I think it was my second year of college was when I asked myself, is this something I want to do for the rest of my life? I was studying accounting at the time, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and still finish college, but I'm also going to pursue wrestling and just went for it. Wow. So can you tell us a little bit about that background in, in training, too? Um, you know, how did you decide where to train and who to train with? Mm. Well, I Googled uh, a wrestling, Los Angeles wrestling school, and I found Santino Bros. And I think mm. I stalked their page for a whole year before I actually joined. <laughs> and there's a funny story uh, that led to how I even got the money for the training. Uh, I, I was just like, uh, I, I was a, you know, starving college student at the time, didn't have the money only had enough money to get by pretty much. And I was like, I really want to start this program, but how do I get started? I just like pretty much was praying in my car on my way home from class and I got hit by another <sighs> car behind. And uh, oh it wasn't that bad. Okay. Yeah. It, was a, it was a fender bender, <laughs> but the guy was like, you know what? I really don't want to get insurance involved or anything like that. Here's, you know, would you take this cash? And it was exactly the amount. <laughs> 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 So I was like, you know what? This was a sign from the universe or something. And I looked at my car. I was like, this much, not that bad. <laughs> so I got started. 
So I was at Santino Bros for about a year and a half until I debuted, and then uh, now I'm at Knox Pro with Rikishi. Very, very <laughs> cool. And how would you say that transition from Santino Bros to Knox Pro? I, because you have, I, I'm assuming, two fairly different styles of wrestling that you learned, or are they a lot more alike than we think? Uh, they're different, but alike. At the same time, uh, with Santino Bros, I learned a great foundation there, and I learned a lot of Lucha Libre there, so I'm very thankful for that. And uh, at Knox Pro, I've learned more to focus on psychology and uh, TV style wrestling, and that's where I want to go, and that's where I want to be eventually. So it's helped. It's it has both helped me so much. Very cool. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the, uh, the, the Lucha training, who you might have worked with and, and what it was like to Lucha train while at Santino Bros? Yeah, at Santino Bros, Los Luchas, they had, they used to have their class every Tuesday. So Los Luchas were, were our trainers there. And, uh, it was so much fun. I miss that class a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that, that pretty much I learned everything about Lucha Libre. I probably learned from them. I have to give them the credit for that. <laughs> there you have it, folks. Los Luchas. Give them a big shout out for, for helping us get, uh, Viva Van some, some Lucha background and, uh, getting her to talk with us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was there any specific matches or people that Los Luchas or anyone um, in Lucha Libre had kind of suggested or encouraged you to to watch in order to maybe learn and adapt more to the Lucha Libre style? Um, I think they, Los Luchas didn't really suggest for who to watch, but I think uh, at the school, at Santino Bros, there was a, an Aero Lucha audition, and I was only three months in training. And I just went to the audition. And I had no idea that I was auditioning for Aero Lucha. And I met Conan there. And um, that's my connection to AAA. I met him there. And he just told me, you know what? Keep training. I want to keep in touch with you and uh, see your growth. And we'll go from there. And that's how I got into it. But he, Conan's the one who's, like, always telling me to watch this, watch that. So he's probably the one that pushes me <laughs> to keep uh, practicing this style. <laughs> That is what he does. He yeah. definitely pushes people to, and he he's big on on uh, advocating for the the style, especially up here in America, where mm-hmm. it's uh, a little harder to find if you don't know where to look. Yeah, it is. So, can you tell us what it? was like i mean you talked about triple a um and you ended up uh in triple a really right before the pandemic hit last year uh we saw you of course through that crossover with mlw and triple a and other shows in in triple a mm-hmm. what was it like working in triple a and making it to that milestone in your career uh i was very scared but i tried to keep calm <laughs> you know uh I was very thankful for it. It was a very cool experience. There's just something about wrestling in Mexico or in, in TJ's auditorio. Yeah. It's just 5,000 people there, like, on a Friday night. And that's what, like, you see families there. Like, if that's, like, their thing to do, you mm-hmm. know, families over here go out to the movies and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But in 
and TJ is like a family event. Like, let's yeah. go watch some Lucha Libre. And I thought mm-hmm. that was really cool. What would you say the most interesting part of wrestling, like pre-pandemic and post-pandemic is? Like, we've seen you in a lot of companies, you've grown your name and your brand awareness and a lot of appearances. But out of all those appearances, like before and after, what's been the most interesting contrast and change for you? Uh, <laughs> well, before I wouldn't really worry much about going into the crowd or the audience, but now <laughs> when I do go into the audience, I'm like, oh wait, should have I done that? You know? <laughs> <laughs> but I did it anyways at Defy, uh, because re- you know I don't know if you guys heard, but Defy they're very strict. They made sure to check uh-huh. everyone's vaccination cards, or if they didn't have their vaccination cards, they had to get uh proof of a COVID test to let anyone in. So I felt a little safer to do it there. <laughs> but I guess that was the contrast is like when I go out to the crowd, when I like brawl around or whatever, that's the one thing I think about. Yeah, a very big difference. Yeah. 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 I was going to say, you mentioned Defy as of today. <laughs> We saw the poster hell bent oh, yeah. October 14th in Los Angeles. Uh, you, you were featured on that poster. Um, I mean, tell us a little bit more about kind of that relationship with Defy, especially, um, with this big event coming up in LA. You know, what does that mean to you? And, and also, you know, the, the ties to the company. Um, well, I'm very grateful for the opportunity to be on Defy um, the past, when, when was it, like two weeks ago, a week ago? I'm losing track of my days. <laughs> two but weeks my ago, first, yeah. It was my debut, and um, I was very thankful. I had a great experience there. I love the people who run Defy, the wrestlers that wrestle at Defy, the fans, like everyone there is just all love, and I'm very happy to be a part of it. And to hear that they're coming to L.A. and they want me, to be a part of it, it's an honor. It, it's really an honor, and um, I'm hoping for the best because it's their debut in L.A., and I want to show them what my hometown is all about. <laughs> yes. I mean, you you are you're more than just part of it. You're you you know the the Hellbent name is featured on there. <laughs> I've gotta I gotta throw that out there as yeah. well as. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm going to ask the one question that, that is for me personally. And uh, does that mean that we might see a little more of, of what Tasonico is termed as the hellbent ghouls, uh, possibly? In um, the, uh... I think we're leading in that direction. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Right, I understand. I just wanted I'm really just trying to get that name out there a little more because I think that's very cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sonico came up with it. I loved it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, as soon, one with that. <laughs> as soon as as Brennan told us about that name, it, it, damn, it kind of sounded pretty cool. Uh, and both both of your aesthetics are a little dark, so I could see this being a pretty dark tag team. Uh huh. Yeah, so, it would be very cool to keep tagging with him. I had a great time tagging with him. Yeah. And speaking of, you've worked with. Uh, the best both of went men and, and women's side, you know, uh, especially in the women's sites, you know, Christy Jane, Sumi Sukai, Tessa Blanchard, you know, like what was it like working with people that you've now seen on an international audience 
And is there either a favorite competitor or partner that you've had in the ring that you felt like was just, you know, uh, an experience that was, uh, you know, one in a million? I think I enjoyed working with Christy James. I would love to have another match with her because the last time we wrestled was probably two years ago. Wow. uh, I feel like I've changed a lot in my style of wrestling, and I would love to go at it again with her. But it was always a good good time with her. And um, with Tessa, I I was supposed to wrestle her, but I think she had gotten caught at the border for Exclusive. So she got taken out last minute. And Sumi Sakai, I learned so much from just that one match with her I had at PCW. And that match caught me off guard because I did not know that I was wrestling until I showed up that day. Wow. (laughs) So you can only imagine the anxiety I felt. I had no idea until I got there. And I wasn't going to turn that opportunity down. (laughs) (laughs) And that's. That's we I like to stress that again for people. That's why you bring your gear to every show <laughs> because you never know when they're going to say, "Can you wrestle this legend?" Right? It could that just is happen. Very true. <laughs> that is how I got onto AAA the very first time. Was I just brought my gear with me? I just went to enjoy the show, and Conan was like, "You have your gear on you?" I was like, yes. He's like, "All right." He threw me into two segments, and then I ended up in the finale of the show. With uh, Escobar, he was that AAA at the time. Escobar, he was EOS yeah. at the time yeah. and got to go against Lady Shawnee. So that is a story that I will probably tell my kids and my grandkids because that caught me off guard, too. <laughs> Busting out the, the tape of that at every chance you get. Did I tell you about the time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a cool moment. I'm, I'm sure that I, that is a very iconic moment. So you definitely should have that in your your uh, your bag of tricks anytime somebody wants to talk about cool experiences in your life. That is. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So I've been th- thrown like many curveballs in the business before, <laughs> and I just roll with it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what other way is, is there a, a term to describe wrestling in a way just to say <laughs> you just roll true. with it? That is very true. <laughs> well, speaking of kind of rolling with things in, in your background, you know, I think one of the more uh, interesting facts and just for me personally as a fan of glamour and makeup is your more entrepreneurial mm-hmm. side, of course, with uh, your merchandise, but hellbent glam. You know, what was the inspiration behind developing this line and, you know, putting that out as as well as, you know, is this something that you always thought you knew you were going to do? Uh, like wrestling was always a passion there. Did you always knew, too, you wanted to, to become an entrepreneur? So for wrestling, that is my number one baby, right? But when it came to um, – it happened during the middle of the pandemic. I had just graduated college. I didn't end up going through with accounting, but I went through with marketing. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, you know what, I'm at home. I'm bored. I want to do something, and I love makeup. You know what girl doesn't love makeup? So I decided to put all my focus onto that while I had nothing going on at the time, and that's how Health and Glam was created. Very and- cool. Yeah. And it's, yeah. I mean, it's a lot of work to go into putting in your, your own, you know, style of makeup too. And I mean, how hands on were you in the actual process of developing the actual products? 
Oh, I'm I'm hands on with everything. I'm a one person <laughs> doing it all. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's very hard. It's very hard to to maintain it as well. And um and yeah, I I'm very hands on with like the colors, the the what I wanted to make sure that it was gonna be cruelty free, vegan makeup. And I'm very picky with what I put on my site, which is why I don't have much. We <laughs> <I> had more. <laughs> but I will be releasing some new makeup at the end of this year. <laughs> very cool. Yes. Uh, so you, you said you had had that marketing background, so I'm just going to go ahead and, and ask that on that. Like, marketing this, how how is it a struggle to make your brand stand out from the others while uh, – well, still kind of keeping the uh, the passion you've got for the 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 fine for the quality of the the smaller line you've got. Um, well, I tried to apply everything I learned uh, from school. Like I, when it comes to <laughs> the way I post or um, the way I market my makeup, you know, I tried to like I pretty much took in everything I learned in school and just applied it to both my help and glam page and my, my regular personal page. Excellent. Very cool. Yeah. Social media plays such a big role now in so much and, you know, being able to get seen, but connecting with fans, marketing, um, not only just yourself as a professional, but of course your, your merchandise. And so, you know, that is a job in it of itself. Right. That's, that's why I was asking. Cause it's, yeah, just, that's what, what I wanted to do for a living for a little while. And it is a job. So being able to do that and balance a wrestling career and all the other things you've got going on, uh, is, you know, pretty impressive. Thank you. Yeah, speaking of social media, we saw, you know, the, your efforts to raise money to fund the construction, construction rather, of a wrestling ring for the first pro wrestling school in Vietnam. And so like, what's the wrestling scene like in Vietnam and how are things going with the ring and the school? So for the school, right now, COVID is really bad in Vietnam. Uh, they're going through a wave right now. So they haven't had a show since I think June of 2020. But the ring is there. They finally have, and they're able to train in a ring, as before they were just training on mats. So that's wow. uh, what's going on. But once, like, everything calms down with COVID, I do plan on going back to Vietnam and helping them out. Very cool. Uh, is that uh, is is the funding for that still available for people that uh, might want to continue to support that project? Well, it's uh, a little less a little less able to, to run on its own two feet. And we haven't like set up a, well, we, we already reached our goal for the ring, but we haven't <laughs> thought of like a starting a fundraiser for them, which we might possibly do once like we uh, start getting shows running again, they will definitely need some help with that. So I will let you know. <laughs> by yes, then. please do. That's, yeah. uh, we, <laughs> that's why I'm asking. Cause I want to, I want to throw, my support in behind that if at all possible thank you really appreciate that what's the wrestling scene like in vietnam like what do do they is it mostly wwe is that what they know do they know more international stuff are they fairly smart to wrestling like what's it like there from what i know and uh from talking to them i haven't been there in person yet 
I think they're pretty much watching everyone and just learning by watching everyone. They haven't really had a teacher uh, to come teach them. I think there's only one uh, one student there that actually went out and trained in Korea for a little bit of or a short period of time. But other than that, they're just watching everybody. They're watching WWE, AEW. They're watching the indie scenes in, in America, the UK. They're watching everything. So cool. Yeah. yeah, so cool. Yeah. Is there anything you think from Lucha Libre, from your experience, that you think would be valuable for the wrestling scene in Vietnam, whether for fans or for people to train, that you think could be transferable or just something that, you know, with, like you, said, you mentioned from your experience, that, that you could think that that could be a something that would benefit the growing scene in Vietnam. Yes, 100%. They do I didn't mention it but they do watch Lucilli Rand. There is a a student there that does all the high flying stuff without a teacher. I don't even know how so he does. Cool. He just did it on his own. But <laughs> imagine if he actually had someone to teach him more. Like that kid's going to be amazing. But Lucilli Rand is also a big influence over there. Like like I'm telling you, they're even watching Japan wrestling, watching everybody, trying to learn from everyone as much as possible online. I think one of the first comments I got from them uh, when I had first reached out to them was I, I introduced myself to them, you know, and they're like, oh, we know who you are. We saw you on Santino Bros Wrestling YouTube channel. So they yeah. then <laughs> that's Yeah, that's some deep cuts there if they're uh, watching that because uh, – I, I have trouble finding it sometimes, and that's on my regular rotation, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and again, it's a cultural experience, and I yeah. think that's why Lucha Libre in and of itself, as you mentioned, is it's a family experience, and those themes carry on in lots of different cultures. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's almost, you know, wrestling does feel like a universal language. Uh, no matter where you are, there's always a place for wrestling. Um, is that why it was really important for you to to bring wrestling to Vietnam? What really inspired you to to really push forward to to fundraise for a ring there? Uh, well, when I first started, um, there was no other Asian wrestlers that I knew of, and uh, and if they were Asian, they were Japanese. And, uh, of course, like, you know, Japan wrestling is very – has been around for such a long time. But I, I wanted to know if there was, like, any Vietnamese wrestlers, like, like if there's anyone else just like me. And when I Googled that, I, that's how I found them. And I thought, like, I, I saw their documentary and I saw how determined they were to, like, put on a show and keep working on a mat, on probably a two-inch mat. It's not even that thick. Just the passion alone of them doing that, I felt like I have to help them. They're just like me, but on the other side of the world. (laughs) Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. That's some some pretty awesome dedication on their part. And, um, again, thank you for for supporting them and bringing it to uh, our attention on the the more global scale, shall we say. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, you've already mentioned wrestling in in Tijuana, all over the United States. You know, hopefully, you mentioned getting to Vietnam. You know, are there any other places that you would just 
love to wrestle in, especially, you know, an ideal world where you know, we had more open travel. But what are some of, you know, the places that in your career you absolutely have to wrestle in? I want to I want to go everywhere. Canada, <laughs> Japan. I want to go more deep in, in Mexico, you know, Mexico City one day, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go everywhere. <laughs> so not just one specific spot. I just want to travel the world and wrestle. That sounds like a dream come true. That's yeah. What you have to ask for? Just travel the world and wrestle. Those yeah. Are, that's it. That's all a girl yeah. needs sometimes is to travel the world and wrestle. Mm-hmm. Yep. We got to ask while you're here, who's your favorite luchador? <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. There's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> now it's like, hey, like all my colleagues are probably gonna get mad at me for not that's messing <laughs> <laughs> But uh, you know, there's, there's, uh, you know, so especially as you know, you mentioned wrestling in in Tijuana compared to say in other parts of Mexico, you know. Uh, Wrestling more in the California and in the, you know, uh, uh, northern uh, Mexico scene, you know, was that how was that for you as far as, you know, learning and from that style and even the differences? Because, you know, Santino Brothers absolutely, you know, gave you that foundation, but going out into the world and also seeing kind of the interpretations of Lucha Libre is different in each place. Was there anything that surprised you um, about Lucha Libre compared from your training to going out into the, uh, you know, into promotions and traveling and working Lucha Libre shows? I think my school did a really good job at covering everything that I needed to be prepared for. They just told me just be prepared for anything. And when they said that, they meant curveballs. And I, I think I'm kind of used to it by now. <laughs> so like I said, I'm just, I just go with the flow. And uh, everyone I meet, like, you know, when I wrestle in TJ, they don't, sometimes there's a language barrier. But, um, but if you go with the flow, you're fine, you know. Just, uh, just wish for the best. <laughs> that is a common a common thing in 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 Mexico in particular that they will the wrestlers will definitely throw curveballs at you to see how you react. Did, was there a, a, like a particular instance that comes to mind when you were doing that? Did uh, they maybe have a little fun with you, or was there just a social or communication barrier that made an interesting event happen? <laughs> um, I think like, uh, there's a, like I hear jokes and they're laughing, but I don't know. They're cracking <laughs> jokes about me, but I'll look straight at them. I'm like, I know you're making fun of me. <laughs> One day I'm going to learn Spanish and I'm going to make fun of you. <laughs> just something like that, you know, just like passing by jokes, mm-hmm. but. Other yeah. than that, uh, no, I've I've had a great experience there every time I've gone there, and I would love to come back. <laughs> well, they do say just just so you know, uh, they do talk a lot about wrestling in the north is the key to making it. If you can wrestle there, you can easily wrestle in Mexico City. And since you mentioned that as a goal of yours, mm-hmm. and you seem to be so well adjusted and, and enjoy it so much, you you are on on the right path there. But that kind of leads me to to ask another question. Is there a dream matchup you have somewhere in Mexico City? Any company? 
Uh, well, AAA. <laughs> but any company. It doesn't have to be. You don't have to tell me what company you want. Just you know, a dream wrestler that works for any company. A dream wrestler. Um, mm-hmm. I would love to go at it with Lady Shawnee again. Now that I've worked a lot more. <laughs> yeah. I was brand yeah. thinking new when I first wrestled her. <laughs> Now it's different. <laughs> yeah, I mean, her her talent and skill level is very. just, <laughs> yeah. I mean, very it's, talented, it's yeah. so talented. Yeah, very, very talented. But I, you know, I, it's one of those things I'm sure that anytime you get into the ring, you learn something new. And like you've already said, you know, going back to Lady Shawnee and Christy Jane's, who you were back then is not the, the Viva who you are now. So going back to, you know, revisiting some of those to see how far you've progressed and evolved. Yeah. That's all I can, you know, imagine a lot of people saying, you know, who's someone new, but also being like, no, 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 I want to see who I am now against these people and also how yeah. they continue to progress and evolve as as wrestlers. Um, you know, Lady Shani is really that Yavis style is, you know, yeah. she continues to, to grow that. Um, and Christy Jane's now, too, is, you know, evolving with all the companies and promotions that she's working with. Is is that also something that you see with every place that you go, you pick up something different or you just pick up, you know, something new that you add to your bag of tricks? Yes. Uh, well, with every wrestler I wrestle with, I feel like I learned and I grow each time. So that's why when people say, oh, who do you want to wrestle? I really don't have an exact answer. I want to wrestle everybody because I learned everybody's different. And you learn one thing from that wrestler. You take it with you to your next match. And then it's just you add on more and more to your resume in a way. So you just learn different styles and different skills mm-hmm. from different people. Yeah. And I think that's that's one way to grow in wrestling. Yeah. Well, and you also have a very unique uh, style and career in which you've also wrestled uh, and tagged with a, a lot of male wrestlers, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that is not something you are afraid of. You seem to embrace that as well. Is that something that you were always fairly comfortable with or did that kind of take time for you to um, be able to be more comfortable wrestling with, you know, both men and women? Well, when I first started training, I got used to intergender wrestling right away. That I think because there was only two or three other girls in my class. And then eventually I was the only girl in my class. So I got very used to intergender wrestling before wrestling with women mm-hmm. oh. like the opposite yeah <laughs> oh okay so i yeah. had to get used to wrestling women when i started working yeah i that is one of the reasons i'm glad we we could get you on here because that is an unfortunate reality in the schools is that the ladies are still vastly outnumbered and uh that means a lot of the time they're working almost exclusively with the with the guys and then they're in for a little bit of culture shock when they have to go out and uh wrestle wrestle against a, a lady instead because th- things are different uh mm-hmm. even though even though they shouldn't be sometimes they are they you know uh so uh, that's a it's a great it's it's a great experience to have that and but I really appreciate that you are kind of um Fearless about presenting it that way, shall we say? Because uh, we had the 
we we had that intergender match at Defy, and uh, there was no hesitation on anybody's part. They just embraced you to, you doing it, mm-hmm. and and uh, it was something exciting to be in the room for. So uh, thank you for that. But also, uh, was there any any uh, interesting stories about the first time you wrestled uh maybe maybe uh a non-intergender match uh, since you that was your background first mm. no not nothing to like uh point out i i i just mentioned that like you know i was training mm-hmm. more into gender than i was with you know mm-hmm. with another woman but mm-hmm. every wrestler to me when we get in the ring it's the same we're both wrestlers we're both going at it. There shouldn't be a difference when it comes to gender. We're just both competitors. Competitors. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll go back to that universal language. Not only does yes. that break cultures, you know, it just um, it, it, it breaks a, a lot of uh, maybe divisions, you know, whereas normally people would think that's for men, that's for women, that's for people who work here or live here, that's for this mm-hmm. part of the world. I think you absolutely display how wrestling is a part of everything. You've made it into every aspect of your life within, you know, you've wrestled in different, you know, places. You've incorporated it or brought it in through different cultures and countries. And so I feel like that is a fairly universal theme. Is that something you intended to do or is that just kind of how it happens? Just how you roll. <laughs> that's yeah, how, that's you, how you roll with it. <laughs> <laughs> that is the theme of uh tonight. <laughs> yeah, just roll with just it. Roll with it. <laughs> and if you roll with it as good as Viva Van, maybe one day you'll end up being an entrepreneur and wrestling in Mexico and helping bring wrestling to Vietnam and of course be seen all over the United States. If if you're that good, but I don't know. There's only one Viva Van, so <laughs> that's true. You, you've taken it up all the, the good luck for most Aww. people. But, uh, it's, it's because of, of that. I think it's just that theme, exactly that. Like the ability to roll with things, the ability to, you know, be very open to things and also looking at wrestling without any lines, without any barriers. And, you know, obviously that has allowed you to, to be a part of so many different opportunities but also bring wrestling to a lot of people so a huge congratulations to all the things that you've been able to do so far and the many many more things that we absolutely anticipate in the future thank you so much well that does it for the lucha central weekly interview thank you so much viva for your time uh would you like to let our listeners know where they can find you on social media any upcoming shows whatever you'd like to share all right well everyone you can find me on ig facebook and twitter at hellbent vixen and make sure for october 14th in highland park check out defy hellbent and PCW Ultra, all systems go October 22nd. Yeah. Be there. <laughs> I was I was gonna say we we ostensibly had said that we wanted to talk about that, and then we completely forgot to talk about PCW. So rerun. <laughs> 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 well, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I was gonna say we gotta roll, roll the tape back. Roll the tape back. <laughs> that more. Uh, this coming Saturday, September 11th, you will be part of the Lucha Libre Mexicana show. Is that correct? Yeah, that is correct. 
Agua Caliente Casino, that is Cathedral City, California, that is being run by our own Mass Republic. Uh, so shout out to Mass Republic and Lucha Libre Mexicana uh, for that event. Um, it's going to feature a lot of fantastic wrestlers, including Pirata Morgan, Psychosis, Extreme Tiger, Ray Leon, Solar, Baronesa, and of course, Viva Van. How does that kind of feel to be in such a pretty stacked card like that I'm, i love it and i love working with mass republic so all the people that are on the card it, it's good to see them all again <laughs> now there's so much we've i literally as we were saying that it's like man i mean you have been part of expo lucha for several years now <laughs> mm-hmm. too Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a huge part of Mass Republic and, and Lucha Central. Um, also, you know, you've hosted some things with with uh, Expo Lucha and uh, wrestled at Expo Lucha. Um, you know, what are you hoping? We know the, the plan is for Expo Lucha to come back next year. Uh, do is that something you're hoping to also be a part of again? Of course, I love Expo Lucha, so I hope they always bring me back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, so, you know, keep an eye out. Also put in the word, uh, not that we have any sway in it, but we would just love to continue to see Vivo Vanna Expo Lucha because it's fairly synonymous now. You can't have Expo Lucha without Viva Van. I, I mean, when you put it that way, it just makes sense. <laughs> uh, I mean, so just real quick, then, you are doing that PCW Ultra Show. Uh, we We are hoping to have some of our, our presence down there, but do you have any sort of um, preview or thoughts on on uh, that show as well? Is there are you looking forward to seeing them back in in uh, action after shutdown? Yes, I every big show in LA I've missed. I think we all have like all the fans, every wrestler. So we're just happy that California, SoCal, at least we're starting to get things going again. It's a big deal. I might cry. <laughs> <laughs> Not the makeup, not the makeup. That'd be a first for us to see, so. (laughs) My cry, like happy tears. Happy tears, yes. That's another makeup test, I wonder, is how how waterproof it is. Did it stay on? Okay, it's good. (laughs) I did the setting spray. (laughs) (laughs) These are important things, you guys, okay? Yeah. No, absolutely. Okay. People have to wrestle in, you know, makeup and go through some pretty intense matches with makeup and it stays on perfectly. So I always commend Viva in her makeup application in the quality of her makeup. And I'm sure that that's also why with Hellbent Vixen or with Hellbent Glam, you know, that was important to you because you know what it's like to have to, you know, have makeup that lasts not only through the day, but through a whole match and show. I've definitely had my eyelashes come off, fly off along with my contact lens, like, it, it gets pretty intense, okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, again, thank you so much, Viva Van, for joining us. Don't forget to follow Viva Van on social media. Check out some of the shows that she's going to be a part of uh, over the next few weeks, uh, including Lucha Libre Mexicana uh, with, at Cathedral City, PCW Ultra, Defy, Hell Bent. Uh, and much, much more. Uh, thank you so much, Viva, for your time. Uh, and 
Make sure to stay tuned to the Lucha Central weekly podcast each and every week at LuchaCentral.com, as well as your favorite podcast streaming platform, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio. LuchaCentral.com is your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. And don't forget to follow Lucha Central on social media at Lucha Central and at LuchaCentral.com for all of your Lucha Libre news and events. I'm Miranda Morales for Dusty Murphy and Brendan Barr. We will be with you next time.